CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. Welcome, everybody, and right now on OA, how to win with a perpetual loser. We're taking on banks that are still bust, even in a rising interest rate environment. How does that happen? Then grab your oversized jar of cheese balls and a cold one. We've still got some earnings on our shopping list in Costco and Constellation Brands. And as the saying goes, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. We'll look back on an iron condor that delivered precisely for us in FedEx. I'm Tyler Matheson. Good evening, everybody. In for Melissa Lee. This is Options Action live from the NASDAQ market site. And on the desk tonight is nobody. They're all, they're all remote. Mike Coe is here. Carter Worth is here. Brian Stutland is here. And I am right here all by my little lonesome. Missing you guys. The S&P and NASDAQ posted their worst weeks since March after the Fed decision earlier this week that uh, said that uh, rates are probably going to stay higher for longer and took a couple of rate cuts out of the equation, presumably for next year. Now, that marks their third week of losses. But there's even more telling signs deeper within the market. So before we get to any trades, let's go around the horn uh, for everyone's take on where the markets stand. And Carter, let's begin with you and the big picture to be seen in the Russell 3. Sure. So, I mean, Tyler, in a way, right, it's the whole shooting match. The Russell 3000 represents 98% of the U.S. investable equity market. And what's remarkable is that we all know that equities in the U.S., globally, everywhere, bottomed on October 13th, almost a year ago. But if you were to look at all 3,000 constituents in the Russell, and we have a chart that depicts this, Do you know that 1,400 of them are actually down from where they were in October a year ago? Which is to say, essentially, 47% of the investable universe, as represented by Russell 1000, has not moved up over the last year, is actually down from where it was when purportedly the equity market uh, made a low. And what this is, of course, is that the big names have driven all the results. And so the index itself is up some 16% from that low, but the performance of all 3,000 stocks on average is up 8.3. The median stock's up only two. And again, half of them, or a little less than half, are actually down. That is not a very healthy market. So that was just what I was going to say. Brian, your thoughts are because what Carter is saying is, is that the market isn't as healthy as it looks on the surface. Yeah, and I think that's the reason why the last few months we've basically seen this market sort of move sideways to slightly lower here. This is going back to basically July 1st. And it's been a tough sled the last few days. And it seems like after the Fed meeting, everybody was in a hurry to sort of sell the market. We saw interest rates pop higher. That's got people concerned about the valuations that we're at in the market right now. And certainly that saw people sort of tank things. Now, the VIX did see a significant pop a couple days ago. But today was sort of interesting. We saw people actually selling puts. The VIX, the spikes, these volatility indexes were down almost 10% at one point today, meaning that people are basically selling their insurance out, rolling it and kicking it 
you know, down the can to say, let's say December, January, February, buying options going out further dated. So at least right now, maybe this, this sell off right here might get contained for a few days. But we're definitely at a cusp here where the market is going to move big off this 4,400 level in the S&P. I don't think it can sit here. And, you know, Carter lays out a lot of risk in the market to the downside. And, and, and you agree with that, that, that the risk is to the downside? I, I think the risk with names that haven't performed will continue to perform very badly. In other words, I want to own the good, high-quality, large mega-cap names in this market environment and stay away from that middle ground area because I think people are just going to move into what's been working correctly. We saw that today. A lot of the stocks that are up year-to-date were up today. Those that were flat or down on the year were down today. So I think that move will exasperate, basically, if we see a market sell-off. And Mike, and yet some of the big mega caps that have been sort of the, the, the four horsemen or the seven horsemen lately have been stumbling. NVIDIA from where it was on earnings day above 500 in an, in an aftermarket trade. It's down in the low 400s now. We were talking about Apple uh, having fallen off and underperformed uh, technology shares as a, as a group. So bring it all home for us. Uh, and I guess what occurs to me as a, as a guy who generally supports index investing, I think it's a very economical and smart way to go. This looks to me like a, a market where you better, better be good at picking stocks. Yeah, I, I think that's true. Or at the very least, one way to think about it is that if you have a secular uh, shift, and basically that has been a tailwind and it becomes a headwind, and that's what's propelling the indices, then it, that, those are the areas that are probably going to be vulnerable. I mean, consider that you know six months ago, it was very common for people to say, we think that by the end of the year, uh, we're going to see the Fed lowering rates. Well, that is right out the window. Uh, yeah. In fact, thinking that they would just remain stable with Jerome Powell talking about the possibility of another rate hike, uh, that basically dismantles the argument that you would have for buying high duration equities. What are high duration equities? Those are the stocks that trade at high multiples, where you're buying future growth. And that is generally going to represent some of the best performing stocks, like the one you mentioned, NVIDIA, which was a holding of ours up to and through earnings. We unfortunately didn't top ticket and unwind it at that 502, I think, was actually the high that it hit. But we did get out in the 480s. And the reason that we don't want to own stocks like that in this environment is because I think these are the areas that are going to be most vulnerable. And you know, today uh, could represent maybe the market coming down a little bit, but I don't think that the trouble is over. The equity risk premium, that is the valuation of equities relative to fixed income instruments right now, is very narrow. Uh, and I, I think that's going to create some pressure. If we continue to see high rates, then you have to wonder about these high duration equities. And I, I think they're going to continue to see some significant volatility through years end. All right, let's zone in on a sector that is uh, likely to lose regardless of which way the markets break, and that would be banks. Carter Worth breaks it down for us. What are you seeing here, Carter? Well, I mean, what a mess. I guess <laughs> the issue is this. <laughs> so, look, financials in general, right, a third largest sector in the S&P at around 13%, 12.9%. But um, they're more important than that, right? They are the transmission mechanism uh, for the economy, and it's where – uh, the ultimate uh, nightmares can happen, leverage, right? Uh, and we can look at a chart of the KRE or BKX, and, and we should, but these are not um, good setups. We know we have those news-related plunges in, in May, and um, we've rallied a bit since, but the thinking here is to fade all three. So if you were to look at the, uh, the BKX index, if you look at the KRE, which is the regional banks, 
uh, or or a big name like a Bank America. Um, uh, either way, uh, the lines draw themselves, uh, in my estimation, and the lines all suggest lower levels ahead. Lower they go. Brian, how would you trade the banks here to take advantage of, uh, of that continued weakness? And it's, it's kind of perplexing because you'd think as interest rates go up, banks might make it, find it a little easier to make money. Well, yeah, I mean, I, but I mean, the thing is, is banks really are going to have a difficult time in this interest rate environment. You basically have an inverted yield curve, meaning it gets more difficult to lend further out to people. And so that's mm -hmm. where these big bank money centers make their money. That profit margin gets shrunk in this type of market environment. And Carter mentioned a name like Bank of America. That's a name I want to short. But look, if the market sort of turns around and sort of holds steady here, all this was just sort of a fake sell off in the market rallies. You know, Bank of America is one that could turn around. But for right now, I want to play it to the short side. I just think these big money centers basically are there's not really the profit center to grow right now. And they're almost they are. Yes, maybe too big to fail. They're maybe not going to collapse like a 2008, but I think they're too big to succeed right now. And so I want to play these to the short side. This is a way to make a short bet in a sector of the market that seems to be underperforming or sort of stuck in the mud. And so for that, I'm looking to buy a put spread in BAC, basically playing out through uh, November expiration here. This gets me through an earnings cycle with Bank of America, playing it to the downside. The cost of this is relatively cheap. There you see only 90 cents. If I buy the 28 strike put for $1.20 and finance that by selling the $25 strike for 30 cents, basically my break even right there is about 27 bucks. So I can play to the downside here using options to play that and put a short bet on the market. It's sort of a hedge to the rest of my portfolio. And I can get long other names in the financials or long other parts of the market knowing I have this short bet on. That's an interesting way to go. That's, that's, that's fascinating stuff. All right, let's move away from banks now. Uh, and if market pessimism hasn't overcome you yet and you want to play carefully to the long side, Mike Coe has a trade example made in the options market yesterday that has many of the right attributes for that. Mike, that, what that trade was and, and what does it uh, offer us in terms of a teachable moment? Yeah, I mean, so, you know, we were talking about these high duration equities, you know, things like NVIDIA, maybe another example of a, of a relatively high multiple stock that uh, has done pretty well up until recently is, is Uber. And we saw a big trade in there yesterday, calls significantly outpaced puts. Uh, but one of the trades I saw was actually a risk reversal on November 37 and a half, 47 and a half risk reversal traded over 6,000 times, buying those upside calls, financed in part by selling those downside puts. And uh, they laid out a nominal amount of premium to do this, about a dollar a contract, so you know a little over two percent of the current stock price. And I think this is probably a replacement for stock. And I think that if you are tempted to go into some of these stocks, these are the types of trade structures you might want to consider. And why is that? Just taking a look at this chart here, you'll notice that uh, the stock was in fact above 47 and a half earlier this week, owning that upside call would allow you to participate if the stock actually starts to recover and we start to test new highs. On the other hand, um, if the volatility we've seen is basically a symptom that we're going to be experiencing this kind of volatility and further drawdowns, the downside would be that you would own the stock down at that 37 and a half level. You have to go all the way back to earlier this year to see the stock below those prices. In fact, I think that's pretty much the level that it was trading in uh, mid-May or thereabouts. And that's about a 16% discount to the current stock price uh, when I was looking at that. So these are the types of trade structures you might want to consider if you're thinking about dipping your toe in. Rather than buying the stock, 
give yourself some downside buffer. Just say, okay, fine. If the if the market does actually stabilize here and we we start to see better news, better numbers, better economic data, then I will get that participation. But give yourself a buffer. You can do that either by owning put spreads. Uh, like Brian was just talking about, or doing trades like this, where the downside puts are so well bid, they actually can finance much closer to at the money calls. Carter, what's your thought on Uber and, and Mike's way of playing it? Well, it's a prudent way to do it. And, and that's really the main thrust of a lot of the conversations we have here regarding options. The, the key to Uber really, in my estimation, is how does it look? How has it performed? How does it Perspectively formed with direct peer lift, it's killing lift. How about all consumer discretion, the XLY? It's beating that. How about compared to Hertz or Avis? Um, compared to consumer in general, um, compared to Ford, it, it, it just is an instance of tremendous relative strength. It's an idiosyncratic circumstance, and I think one wants to generally belong. All right. Thank you guys very much for that. Don't go away, anybody, because there is more options action after this. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Edinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. Still to come, a 10-pack of croissants and a six-pack of beer. An unlikely culinary pairing, indeed, but a perfect pairing for trading around earnings. We'll show you how to cook something up in both Costco and Constellation brands on deck next week. Plus, Calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns. Welcome back to Options Action. We're looking ahead to some of the key earnings reports that are still on the horizon with a special focus on the consumer. And first up is Costco reporting Tuesday. Big box retailer up more than 20 percent this year. It was higher today as well. And if you're hoping uh, this one bulks up even more, Mike has a way to play it. What's the trade here, Mike? Yeah, so Costco, uh, this, as many will know, is uh, one of my Holly Index names. This is a holding of ours, a longtime holding. And, you know, Costco is interesting with respect to the grocers because this is a company that actually is growing its top line at better than GDP or inflation growth. So it's growing in real terms. They have better margins than most grocers do, and they have recurring revenues in the form of membership fees. The only challenge that we have with Costco is that we can invest in great companies or we can buy companies at great prices. Oftentimes, though, we can't get both. You can get great companies at okay or fair prices, uh, or you can get okay or fair companies at great prices. And that's really the issue that we have here, trading at about 30 times earnings. Uh, I would describe the current price as fair. We're not selling our shares, but if you're looking at getting long the stock going into earnings, maybe a better and safer way to play it, given the multiples we're seeing, is with a call spread. I was looking out to November, and you could buy the 565, 610 call spread. This would be a way to get some participation, bearing in mind also this is a very high dollar stock. So you could spend about 13 bucks in premium, maybe a little bit more, getting fairly close to that 25% of the distance between the strikes that we like on our debit spreads and a relatively small percentage of the current stock price in the event that 
it doesn't have actually a great outcome coming out of earnings or it becomes a victim of the broader market volatility that we've begun to see this week. Brian, how does this strike you as a way to play Costco? Well, I would say one thing, if you look at really the all-time high in the stock, it's just around that $600 level. Normally, that, that range of strikes that Mike is using to buy his call spread, I'm good with. In this case, probably with the high PE that Mike mentioned, where the stock could go after earnings, where it's made a previous high, I'd actually just move that strike down a little bit, bring in a little extra premium. But I still, I love this play, headed into earnings, headed into some volatility in the market here. Let's use call spreads instead of just going outright and buying a stock right now. This is the right way to play it. Carter, how about you? I mean, technically, it sets up well, and we have a chart we can look at it. The The issue here is how well-defined these converging trend lines are. So uh, we see the line in effect since the lows of COVID are close to it. We see the downtrend line in effect since the high. We're bumping up against that downtrend line. I think we do break out. Now, this is not a high beta affair, and so you're not likely to get a particularly big move um, on earnings. My thinking is you want to be long. Long, a long Costco. All right, we'll need a corkscrew for this next one. Brian's uh, sipping on some Constellation options ahead of results in a few weeks. So, Brian, knock this one back. What's the trade on Constellation? Well, Costco is probably one of those consumer staple type stocks where we're playing the upside. Constellation, though, is something I want to play to the downside. And, you know, here's a stock that had a tremendous run in the late 2010s, let's call it. And basically, after this sort of inflation sort of bubble that occurred, the stock has basically been sideways. It looks like it's kind of breaking out to some degree. But at the same time, I think it's pretty susceptible. This is a stock multiples above 20 PE just for beer, let's call it, right? That's the, basically their main brand and, and alcohol and whatnot. For To play, pay that kind of multiple on a stock like this, I'm not so certain this has a ton of upside. I think it's got more risk on the downside. So same thing like I talked about with Bank of America. I want to buy a put spread here. Play to the downside that sort of carries through earnings. Now, earnings are coming out in a couple weeks here, or, or uh, October 5th, I believe, is the date. So I want to own a put spread to play that earnings to the downside. If we break lower in the market, I think Constellation follows that. I can go out to October, buy a relatively cheap put spread here, and then play to the downside using that put spread. So here you see the payout is $2.30. Max loss is about the same as well. So, uh, uh, or I'm sorry. The max, the max risk here is $2.30. The payout is much greater because I'm selling a put that's further down around below that 250 level all the way down to 235. So break even 247.70. I need it to break bust through there to the downside. And that's how I want to play it to the short way. How many bottles of beer on the wall for you here, Carter? Yeah, well, uh, I'm on the downside here as well. I, I think we have a circumstance where stock, and not think, I mean, these are just the facts, right? A stock broke out to new highs, and quite often you'll get a fake breakout, and you see it there. So well-defined tops at a common level, a heavy volume up thrust and gap, and, and what? No follow-through. And now slipping to the point where we're about to break trend, the trend that's been in effect since the lows of the past um, six months. I'm a seller. He's a seller there. All right, folks, we're going to move on. Spread your wings. An update on Mike's iron condor FedEx trade is next. Option a options action is back in two. Welcome back to Options Action. Last week, Mike laid out an iron condor trade on FedEx ahead of earnings, and that stock is hovering right where it needs to be, putting this one in the green. Mike, how are you managing it now? 
Yeah, well, we continue to be long the stock, but as expected, it didn't move a whole lot on earnings, and that's a good setup for the iron condor that we sold. I think you want to look to cover this one while it remains between those strikes, which it was at one point today. It was probably right at the border of that short call. Bid about two and a half bucks to get this one back. All right, Mike, thanks very much. Good call there. And next, answers to your questions and the final call, options action. We'll be back in two minutes. Welcome back to Options Action. Time to take some questions. Our first fan asks, what is an example of a proper use of a zero days to expiration option for the individual investor? Brian, your thoughts? Well, our original producer on the show, Max Myers, used to say, keep your answers quick and dirty. So I'll keep it quick and dirty here for zero, zero DTs. Simply do not, I do not, do not over leverage this position and use zero DTs for that. What I do use it is if I want to play the stock to the upside, for example, I'm going to buy 100 shares. I might just buy one call or if it's a 50 delta call i might buy two of those calls basically give my deltas to the market not use these options as sort of leverage because this is binary either they happen or they don't so play carefully play it smart all right our next fan asks so what are carter's thoughts on xlu calls the xlu spy ratio chart is near its november 21 lows carter Near those lows and made just recently 33-year all-time lows. I think you do the trade, XLU long, SPY short. All right, let's go to our final calls now as time is running tight. Carter, you get to go first. Everyone owns Apple. Trim some. Trim some. That was quick. Brian, your thoughts? I put spreads on Bank of America to the short side. All right, and Mike, your final call. I think put spreads in general are a good way to protect any gains you have. All right, folks. And that really does it for Options Action. A little more officially and formally than usual. Tonight is the last Friday Options Action. The show is ending its current run. We thank you for watching. However, we will continue, of course, to cover options uh, on Fast Money during the week, all week long. It's an important part of our daily market coverage. So continue to risk less to make more. Options Action will continue during the week. We want you in the meantime to have a great weekend. Stay out of the way of the storm. If you're on the East Coast, you know what's next. Mad Money with Jim Cramer starts right now. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. All opinions expressed by the Options Action participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information the Options Action participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full options action disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash options action disclaimer. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Edinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.